everybody. So welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We have a special bonus episode for you today. Uh, there's a recent new movie called Words on Bathroom Walls, which uh, has been released and uh, it's available in theaters right now. Uh, and you can see it at drive-ins or regular theaters, depending on uh, what is accessible to you uh, in your area. And I reviewed the movie on my uh, site, and I was interested to to learn more about uh, schizophrenia, which is a condition that the lead character has in the movie. And I said, you know, I was curious to see whether the the movie was an accurate portrayal or not of the uh, disorder. And I was real excited when a reader named Zach reached out to me and wanted to come and talk about it. And so I'm so excited to share uh, his thoughts with all of you. I think it's really important that we end the stigma on mental illness and we talk about these things and so we can support each other. Uh, and uh, so I really appreciate Zach being willing to come on and I'd love to hear all of your perspectives. Uh, if you've seen the movie, this is going to be pretty spoilery. So if you want to wait and watch the movie and then uh, then listen to the podcast, I'd understand that. Uh, but I uh, really appreciate, again, Zach coming on and talking about uh, this disorder and so we can end the stigma and uh, talk about the movie. And uh, so let us know your thoughts. We'd be very curious and thanks so much. Uh, I recently got a chance to see the new film Words on Bathroom Walls. And I, in my review for that film, I uh, I mentioned that I would really like to hear the perspective of somebody who has schizophrenia because the movie is about a person with schizophrenia and I I wanted to to know if if it was an accurate portrayal uh, or you know what they thought of it because I have no idea you know what they might think about it so I put that out on my uh, blog in my review and I was so delighted to get a response. Uh, from uh, from Zach here, and he agreed to come on uh, the podcast and share his experience and his thoughts about the movie. So, Zach, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself uh, to our audience and tell us a little about uh, your experience. So, my name's Zach. Um, I've been schizophrenic, so I really have schizoaffective disorder, bipolar type which is schizophrenia with a mood disorder um i've had i had my first psychotic episode back in july of 2017 so it's been three years now and life has just been learning to manage the symptoms manage the stress because stress is like the biggest um thing that'll cause an increase of symptoms so that that's pretty much life as i've been dealing with it um and then the other hardest part is navigating the social aspects of living with the disorder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, what do you what do you wish people understood about about uh, the just the disorder? I'm not dangerous. That's the most important yeah. thing. Um, when I do tell people, um, they immediately slink back. Or I've had. Um, doctor's office, make sure I'm bringing someone with me. And um, it's like, I'm I'm not dangerous. I'm like the least dangerous person I know. Um, Even when I'm having an episode, I'm not this ravenous, crazy um, person, you know? 
Um, so that, that's always what I want people to know the yeah. most is that I'm not dangerous. Well, I'm so grateful you coming on and sharing your story because I think that is really important. I mean, I can only relate to the extent that I've had panic attacks and, uh, and I, I know what that, that feeling is like. Uh, but, uh, but I can't relate to having schizophrenia, obviously. Um, but, uh, but mental illness is not something that we should be ashamed of or something, yeah, to, to be afraid of or be fearful of. It's just something that's part of some people's lives, just like you get sick in any other part of your body. And so I really appreciate you, you coming on and sharing that. Uh, is I, I had read that, that a lot of times it, it comes on the schizophrenia, it comes on later in life. Um, is that, is that not true? Uh, or it just depends. So it is more rare for it to come on earlier in life It mid twenties is when the first break usually happens. Um, I was a little later. I was mm-hmm. about, um, 26 and it's usually between like 23 and 25, but, um, we're, we're just like <laughs> split hairs at this point, but um, yeah. <laughs> when you talk about the years, but no, it is a little more rare for like in the movie where he was a high schooler. It does happen though. It does happen a lot when I say rare, it's like the majority happens in midlife, but the um, it's still completely possible. I have a bunch of friends in high in the community who are in high school dealing with it. Is this something that your family, that's in your family, or were you the first one to kind of experience it? So I have a distant, like, great uncle who has it. But other than that, um, it's, I'm the first. And then there's a lot of questions about, like, they know there's a genetic component, but it's not totally reliant on genetics. Um, they're not, they're not really sure at this point in time what the genetic factor is. Um, right now there's a correlation that you're, it, I, I'm not a psychiatrist, but to the best of my knowledge from the latest research I've read, there's a correlation that genetics can impact it, but I believe the percentage was like 40%. I could be wrong on that, but that's what I remember reading. Um, 40% affected mm-hmm. by genetics, like passed on. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, interesting. Uh, so had you, uh, had you read this book before it was a movie? Have you ever read the book? I haven't even heard of it until I saw the trailer probably a couple of weeks ago. Um, so it's definitely a book I'm going to be picking up after I've seen it. Because um, I'm more of I like the books first than the movies, but this time I'm kind of doing it in reverse. But um, I, I'm excited mm-hmm. to read it. I'm excited to pick it up. Me too. You'll have to let us know what you think when uh, when you get to see when you get to read it. Absolutely. So we're going to probably have some spoilers um, that we're going to talk about as we talk about the movie. Um, so if you don't want any spoilers, then then uh, um, go watch the movie and then and then listen to this. Uh, but uh, was uh, so? Did you see this in the theater? Did you get to see it in your local theater? I did. Um, I did. I managed to drive over to the next day. I live real close to the border and they're playing theaters there. So I was able to see it in the theater. Um, Super cautious, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was that your first time going back for a while or had you seen others? That was the first time for a long time since, oh, probably about January. 
was that was that uh was that a good experience for you then it was it was i i'm a, I'm a big cinema lover i love going to the movies um i'll even if it's a movie i've seen four times already i'll still go so it was really nice to be able to go again um a, a little nervous because of everything going on but that didn't really detract from the experience I also have had really good experiences going back. I felt safe. I felt like I had enough space. I, you know, I'm wearing my mask. I don't know. So it seems, it seems it's been, it's been good so far for me, but uh, so I'm glad to hear it was for you as well. Absolutely. Um, I'm curious how they're making money though, with having like the one I did every other seat was um, em- empty or every other lane was empty. Then two on each side were empty. So it's like, I don't know how they're making money, but I'm glad anyways. Mm-hmm. I guess they're probably just glad to be making any money at this sure. point as opposed to zero money. But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely going to be rough. I mean, if the fact that Tenet uh, only made $20 million, uh is a concern because I think they were pretty, with the capacity that they had, were pretty full, you know, considering the situation. So it's, I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting. But if they were only going to release like smaller films, such as Words on Bathroom Walls, I would be happy. Uh, That would be fine with me. (laughs) Oh, that'd be the smartest way to go right now. Um, It's like I'm worried about uh, Black Widow. I don't know how that's going to. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I wouldn't be surprised if if we uh, if we get another delay of Wonder Woman once they saw the the returns of tenant, but who knows what's going to happen. But anyway, uh, so you saw the movie. What was your overall thoughts about the movie? Did you like it? Not like it? Where, how, how did you feel about it? I loved it. I honestly loved it. Um, my main reason for that is that it was a movie about a condition that relates to me with a very positive ending. Sure. Um, I don't know. Have, did mm-hmm. you get Did you get a chance to see? I know this much is true. Uh, HBO. No, series. I'm not. So it's it's about a brother who deals with his twin brother who has um, schizophrenia, and it's it's just it was well acted. Mark Ruffalo did an amazing job in it, but it was just depressing. It was it was a depressing ending. It was I just I just found it very depressing when I watched it. So it's nice. And that's a theme with um, movies that relate to my condition to schizophrenia or schizoaffective is that they all have um, less hopeful endings. At least the ones I've seen. Uh, A Beautiful Mind was a pretty good ending. But um, so so the reason why endings are so important to me is because it's like, it kind of like instills hope, I guess, in the sense that, hey, even though it's, it's, pretty fictional this character's still okay and that's like a little bit of a reassurance i guess yeah Mm -hmm. Um, yeah that's good to hear because i I, you want it to be something that will accurately portray the the people you know the experience for the people that are experiencing it most of all uh and a lot of times somebody that's unfamiliar with a you know, thinking that I'll say, Oh, I liked that movie. And then I'll hear from people actually experiencing they're like, Oh, it was terrible. It wasn't accurate at all. And so it's, it's nice to hear that they did a good job. 
Uh, did did you think? What do you think of Charlie Plummer's performance in the movie? Really good. He fantastic. I haven't heard of him before this movie. Um, I thought he did a really fair job. Um, I th- there was obviously it wasn't a hundred percent accurate, but that's impossible to get with any movie. But Charlie Plummer did a fantastic job, especially during the climax. I thought that was very well portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to give too many spoilers, but when he's when he has this height of paranoia, we already and, gave the warning. So, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. So when he's at his yes, height, don't worry about spoilers. Dance, um, it's, it's just I, I thought that was a great performance of being disoriented and. Like the disorientation that comes with, I don't even know if that's a word, but being disoriented when you have psychosis and the height of the paranoia Mm -hmm. where he is doubting everyone around him. And it's like throughout that whole movie, I was saying, wow, I've had that experience with people around me. Like me and my dad have had the talk like they had had with his mom in the climax. Like we've probably had that talk 10 times. (laughs) Like it's like, that's what I loved about the movie is like from a social aspect, it's like I have experienced pretty much everything that the movie uh, showed from having to get notes. I shouldn't have to for school to say, Hey, is this person safe? Like, like, cause that, that's one thing mm-hmm. that you would when you watch the movie, you'd probably think, oh, it's ridiculous. They can't ask for his treatment records and for him to stay on medication. And probably they can't, but they still do. Like, that's a very accurate, accurate mm-hmm. experience. Um, yeah. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. They're the good folks over at HelloFresh. And HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. And they are really great service. They save you time, money, and stress. And they're, they're a, a convenient uh, delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. The recipes are easy to follow and quick to make with simple steps and pictures to guide you along the way. Uh, it, it saves you the, sh- the stress of meal planning, grocery store trips, which are a lot these days. And, uh, and you can get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes. Uh, they're also delicious and nutritious and you can get variety. And uh, there's many delicious options every week to help you to break out of your recipe rut and try new things. And uh, there's something for everyone. They have low calorie vegetarian and kid friendly recipes. Uh, they help you to eat more sustainably. They deliver pre-portioned ingredients so you're not overbuying, which is a burden on the planet. And that's really nice for me as a single person because I don't have like tons and tons of sauces and spices and stuff that I'm never going to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, the packaging from HelloFresh uses uh, is almost entirely made from recyclable and or recycled content. Since they offset their operations, travel and shipping emissions, HelloFresh carbon footprint is 25% lower than store-bought grocery-made meals. And so I know uh, that some of you have been able to try HelloFresh. Uh, Amy, I know you've done a bunch of them. What, what do you think about HelloFresh? We've been using HelloFresh in my house for just over two years now, and it's really nice. Um, I cook for my brother and both of my parents most of the time, so it's nice 
to be able to come home and have a recipe and know exactly what I'm doing, having all the ingredients in one nice little bag. It's really nice and easy and mm -hmm. something quick I can do when there's, you know, football practice and um, classes and everything else. Like it's a really nice, easy, mm -hmm. fast thing to get dinner on yeah. the table. When it just gets you out of your cooking rut mm -hmm. uh, and gets you cooking things that you might not normally cook. And so it's a really great service. And right now, if you go to lowfresh.com slash 80 Hallmarkies, use code 80 Hallmarkies, get a total of $80 off your first month, including free shipping on your first box. And additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more information. That's HelloFresh.com slash 80 Hallmarkies. Use code 80 Hallmarkies to get a total of $80 off your first month, including free shipping on your first box. So check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. And uh, thanks so much. The way that they showed the symptoms as far as him like shaking and some of the other physical symptoms, was that pretty accurate you felt? Oh yeah. They call that the shaking um, is that, that was purely a symptom of the, that was a symptom called tardive dyskinesia. And that comes from the antipsychotics. Um, so it's a symptom mm -hmm. where you get uncontrollable twitches. Um, I've had it before. Um, so you want to get off the med before it gets bad enough because I guess from what I hear, it's not reversible once it hits a certain point. So um, you get, I got really mm -hmm. bad facial twitches, but the constant shaking and moving. Yeah. That, that's that to me in my non-clinical uh, expertise is, right. is tardive dyskinesia. Um, and yes, it, it does happen. Mm -hmm. Could you relate to the character, the fact that he kind of dives into cooking and has that passion for cooking uh, as far as uh, we might not be cooking, but that kind of a thing where you become really focused, that you kind of have a release activity? So I'm kind of, I, I do, I can relate to that, except I'm kind of a masochist in my passionist psychology. So... <laughs> So my escape oh, really? <laughs> still keeps me in the world, but um, no, I love reading about psychology, <laughs> keeping funny. up on the latest research. So, um, uh huh. I love that. That's funny. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so, how did you think that they handled? They kind of show the the um, I guess paranoia. Sorry if I use incorrect terms, but they show it. Um, as sort of a black fog kind of and that's they did you think that was an effective kind of metaphor a way to kind of show it in the movie i think it was now uh, again before the before the podcast started we were talking a bit and i said that experiences differ for every person with this disorder like it's so hard to compare symptom to symptom because um we all have different experiences under the umbrella term that is schizophrenia. So I would say that sure. I think for a cinematic purpose, the fog was a perfect way to, um, to have that negative voice in his head um, speak out. And as far as the voices, mm -hmm. I've heard a ton of that, that doubt of, am I just ruining people's lives around me? Am I, 
not am I, the voice is telling me that I am, that I'm ruining my parents' life, that I'm a horrible friend, that I'm not worthwhile. Like the voices will actually tell me that. Um, what I found unrealistic and what I'm to myself again, because experiences differ. What I would like is I would love, like, I think he hit the schizophrenic jackpot in the sense that he had three hallucinations who were looking out for him. <laughs> that's like, that's like, Oh, right. Yeah. Cause for me, my, all my voices are generally either negative or neutral. Mm. Yeah. Cause he had a, he had kind of the hippie drip, trippy one he played by Anna Sophia Robb and then he had the protector uh one that was kind of his bodyguard and then he had the cool version um of and I'm trying to remember the others but I know that that's how they did it with uh um with a beautiful mind as they showed the actual they had actors and uh, do, is that something that I know there was a, so I've read some criticism uh, at the time of beautiful mind that, that that's not like, it wasn't accurate at all to what the experience is, but did you, did that work for you in general in this film? Um, it did. And the reason that it did is because um, I have to understand that my condition is kind of hard to put on cinema and to keep people engrossed in it. Um, Mm-hmm. Like I, I mean, because honestly, like when I'm at my worst, it wouldn't be too cinematic to have someone laying in bed, um, hearing voices all day. When I'm having my worst episode, I don't feel yeah. like getting up out of bed. That that's not too cinematic. Um, so it's kind of a balancing act of how do we portray it accurately, but how do we keep people wanting to see stick through the whole movie? So I think, yeah. That, that was an issue I had with A Beautiful Mind, too, is is that I never experienced hallucinations in the sense that I could have full-on conversations with them. I've never seen, uh, like, I need to be very careful how I say this because I, I know of people who do have uh, the constant visual hallucinations mm-hmm. that they can interact with. And, and that's where it gets so tricky because it's not the same for everybody. Um, right. I've only had a couple of visual hallucinations. All of mine are auditory. So it is harder for me to say, yeah, that that's mm-hmm. accurate because I don't experience that in my form of schizophrenia. In my experience, I don't experience the constant visuals. So, so Adam ends up getting expelled from school after the accident with the science lab. Was that something that, that you could relate to sort of that, the way that whole experience was portrayed and, and sort of his, his, um, he's got his friend that he ends up hurting, obviously like not exact same situation, of course, but just sort of that social, you know, situation. So definitely from a social aspect, the getting expelled from school, that'd be a pretty hefty lawsuit if they did that, um, to the best of my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Again, another disclaimer, I'm not a lawyer, but that's some pretty heavy discrimination um, to expel someone for having yeah. a mental health crisis. Um, it, it, I, I guess you would have a more case for it if he purposely went out to hurt someone, but considering that it was an accident, he knocked over a chemical, it, you'd be hard-pressed to be able to expel someone from that. So that part wasn't too realistic to me, although I'm sure it's happened. But I've definitely, I have 
had a lot of relationships um, strained. I don't know about completely out, being outcasted, but I have had a lot of relationships strained from um, my condition. Sometimes it's my fault. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's things that I've done. Sometimes it's things that I haven't, um, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. So it's sure. kind of... Do you think that do you think that we as a society are getting better about uh, handling mental illness and uh, that there's less of a stigma now than there used to be? Or do you think it's still pretty strong? I, so I, I, I might be the black sheep in the mental health community. I think it is light years better. And the reason I think that is because right now I am on a podcast talking about it. Whereas if you went back 50 years, I would probably be in a, hospital pretty much forgotten by society but the caveat to that is we're nowhere near where we need to be um one of the most heartbreaking scenes in that movie is probably one of the most relatable where he's on the bus and he sees the man in the back talking to himself and he worries about his own future and when you look into the amount of homeless people the percentage of homeless people with mental illness and how we have kind of we went from putting them into the hospital to letting them go on the street and we we just forget about them so in some senses yes we've come light years ahead of where we used to be in other senses we have light years of where we need to be yeah well said i agree uh so uh, what do you think about his relationship with maya played by taylor russell what do you think about that um I think we could all use a little Maya in our life. <laughs> I love I love the performance. Um, I thought it, it's a, it's a great thing when you have someone who can help center you. Um, and I think she, especially towards the end, she helped played that role. Um, I personally never had anything like that, but that's okay. Um, but I, I, I love that character because the whole time, like I love that the strong woman who says at the end, uh, I'm mad at you because you didn't give me a choice. Like, I, I just, I love that scene. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a little bit more on the Hollywood side, but I, I loved it. It was, it was great. We could all, like I said, we could all use a little bit of Maya in our lives. Let's take a second and thank our second sponsor for this episode of the podcast. They are the good folks over at Care Of, and they've been wonderful sponsors of our podcast. And it is a wonderful wellness brand that delivers you customized vitamins that uh, help you to maintain your health goals. And one of the great things about Care Of is that they have a quiz that you can take uh, that's quick and easy. It's about five minutes, your online quiz, and asks you questions about your diet, your lifestyle, your health concerns to try to figure out the best vitamin regimen for you. Uh, the vitamin aisle can be confusing. It's hard to know what you need and where to start. And, uh, and so this helps you to answer easy questions like how much sleep do you get? How often do you work out? And, uh, and I was able to take the quiz and uh, we were able to determine some good things that would help me with my sleeping. And I think that, that everybody can take the quiz and find the things as opposed to just taking a multivitamin or something that's not as tailor-made to you and your needs. Uh, it's also, they also have a, a great attention to quality that you can see and taste. 
Uh, it's a super transparent company about the research and sourcing behind every one of their products with extensive info available on their website and fun informative content on their social media pages. Carab's products are formulated with good for you clean ingredients that are backed by science. Carab's yummy protein powders are made with wholesome ingredients you can recognize like organic cocoa and pink Himalayan sea salt. Uh, they're also hassle-free and uh, they can take they can make taking your vitamins and supporting your health attainable and easy and they have a new line with skin and hair collection that helps you work on your beauty goals from all angles with a combination of targeted ingredients for hair skin and nails your recommendations uh, come in daily individually wrapped packets that are perfect for getting back into a routine and that's one of the things i like is the real attention to detail they have your name on it get the little packets it's got all of your vitamins that you need to take right in there and and amy you've gotten a chance to try out care of what did you think about it yeah my favorite part is that they come in individual packets and i was just mm -hmm. able especially when i was on campus last semester to just pick the packet up every morning, stick it in my bag, and then I was able to take my vitamins when I got a chance throughout the day, which was really mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. Yeah, you can just put it in your suitcase, your purse, uh, and uh, and it works really well and it's very easy. So for 25% off of your first three months of care of, go to takecareof.com slash hallmarkies25 and enter hallmarkies25. That's takecareof.com slash hallmarkies25 Enter code Hallmarkies25. Yeah. I, I liked it too. I thought it was good. Um, so he has this stepfather, Paul, uh, who uh, is kind of set up. He's played by Walter Goggins. And he's kind of set up as kind of a villain antagonist in it, in the in the story that you think, at least. And I think it's helped by the fact that Walter Goggins usually plays antagonists. And so you kind of have this, as soon as you see him, you think, oh, he's going to, there's no good. He's no good. But uh, it turns out that we get a reveal uh, with, we find out, because he sees him writing this letter to the school and he thinks that he's going to, uh, that he's, uh, that it's a negative letter. Uh, then he ends up reading the letter and the letter is a defense uh, of, of him to the school um, you know, saying how, you know, basically how dare they treat uh, his son like that. And I, when, when he read that letter, I, I was crying. My mask was very wet. Let's put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I thought that was extremely effective and very surprising. Like, like I said, cause I wasn't expecting that character to, to turn like that. And I, I thought that was very effective. Um, first of all, I have to say that I am a huge Walter Goggins fan. Um, ever since he was unjustified, I just I fell in love with his character, with him as an actor. It just he's a phenomenal actor. I wish he would get more um, attention in Hollywood because he deserves it. But as far as the movie goes itself, that is probably one of my most relatable things about the movie is it because that's that's the devil of paranoia is you think that this person is out to get me or they're they're against me they're trying to separate me from a loved one or um other stuff that's meant to divide but in reality they're there to help and i i've had that moment a few times with different family members where i would think that oh man they're trying to 
they're either trying to sabotage my treatment, they're trying to ruin this relationship, but no, they're trying to help. And it takes some realization and a lot of grounding and fact checking to get to that point. Like, like they don't like that. That's where the Hollywood aspect comes in, where he gets handed a letter and the truth is revealed. Um, it takes a little bit more work to be grounded than the letter, but um, no, I found that experience to be very mm-hmm. relatable. Well, that's good. Yeah, I I think especially like I said because he usually plays he because we usually plays villains at least in my experience with him, and so I was expecting him to to be a real jerk, and that was kind of how he was portrayed for the most of the movie. And then uh, when you realize that he actually is you know rooting for him and that he's actually a good person. Uh, it, it, it really paid off. And I thought that, like I said, I thought that letter was really good. And, uh, you know, the, on one hand, I thought the ending was a little too tidy as far as, uh, I kind of wish that we got a little bit of information about how he could go to culinary school and how he could do all these things, um, how they could accommodate, uh, you know, and have it be safe for him to be able to do some of those things. Um, but they don't really, they just kind of tie it up into a bow, but it's hard because you can only do so much. You only have so much time in the movie. Uh, but, uh, but the ending uh, with him, with his new baby brother and you know, that, that all worked for you then. Yes. It did. I, I do agree with you that it was, it was a bit too tidy. Um, the, in, in, in fact, while I love the ending and the outcome of the ending, the speech was pretty, I don't want to say hokey, it was it was a very Hollywood speech. But at the same time, the speech, um, it was kind of an empowering moment too. Like, you have this character who finally has the strength to get up and talk about it. But no, I, I do agree that the ending itself, I, I wish they would have explained more put more time into the ending instead of it, it did feel kind of like an abrupt like um here's this beautiful story we just gave you and then you just kind of like screeching halt here's the ending so i would have liked more lead up to him going to culinary school and um then just like that montage yeah because you want him to be able to to be able to cook and to be able to do so you know, safely if his, if his hands are shaking and other things like, how can he do that? But I'm sure they came up with some kind of accommodation to make it work, but we just needed to see what that was. And uh, so, you know, but again, you have to make cuts and the movie was already pretty long. I forget how, how long. So I'm sure that was something that they just had to cut, but I did love the whole scene with him uh, with his baby brother and the fact that everybody trusts him and that, uh, that even there's, there's a sort of a moment between him and Walter Goggins that they can tell that he's, the personalities are in the closet. Um, and he, uh, and he kind of, they have this sort of moment that they understand each other, which I, I appreciate that part. I credit that part. I won't lie. My eyes teared up pretty good at that part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because it's nice when you finally realize that there are people in your corner that there are people that are there to help you that can recognize you're going through something and you need help um that was a very powerful scene yeah and i thought they did a good job with his mother portraying the the frustration 
of trying to is molly parker's actress's name the frustration of trying to understand what's going on and trying to help and wanting to help not being able to help not knowing how to help you know she thinks uh, taking this medicine is the right answer and it is for a while but then it's causing him all these side effects and uh and, and so he's not taking the medicine um you know that all of those things i've i felt for her character as well i absolutely felt for her character in fact i i probably felt more for her character than anybody else in the film because i, I don't want to always talk about myself and how it relates to me like but that was the most I, I keep saying that that was a very important scene um for me especially because i again i said early on i've had that conversation 10 times with my parents about trying to balance about how do they deal with me and how do i understand that it is impacting them and where's the happy balance because it, it, it is hard not to think mostly about yourself that oh this this is my experience it's my hallucinations but it's an incredibly hard thing for a parent to see their child go through that it is an incredibly hard thing and the desperation from the mom to try to find whatever treatment would work like that that's that's a very real thing um no to see to see a kid go through that, that yeah. that's incredibly hard um, and I thought they did a good job of portraying that from the yeah. point of view. And I think it's also hard, the fact that it, you do get it later in life, because I think some stuff that like, you get kind of used to living with it and and uh, you become kind of acclimated. But the fact that it it starts later, I don't know. I think that that's, you know, all of a sudden you have this huge change. Uh, that you have to deal with. And, uh, and I think that in some ways makes it harder than other, than other things that kind of come on more uh, gradually and that you deal with from the time that they're a baby, you know, you, you, uh, you, uh, you find a, a way to have a full, you know, full life. And, and, uh, but, you know, when you're in your twenties or older um, to have that kind of change, I think in a way makes it harder. It definitely presented a lot of challenges, um, challenges that even after three years, I'm still working through. High school, I think, would be probably the worst time to get it, though. Like, you're at that age. Um, I've never been physically assaulted, but my heart broke for um, Charlie Plummer's character when they threw the, when he was physically assaulted, when they called him straightjacket and threw the, yeah. uh, I can't remember, some drink at him. And I... Right. I can only imagine how high school would be dealing with everyone around you when you have that condition. Yeah. Um, Cause high, high school can be a vicious yeah, place. I mean, high school is rough enough as it is. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so high school, I think would be the hardest time to, to get it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, yeah, he, uh, he, he gives the, the, speech where he announces that you know this is who i am this is what i have um it's not anything i'm going to be ashamed of anymore and it really it was maybe a corny moment maybe a little hokey as you said but i think it it was still nevertheless moving uh and i i wish that we could have more 
more of that, more celebrating somebody dealing with something and overcoming it. And uh, so, yeah, I really, I really did enjoy the movie. I thought it was very moving. I thought that Charlie Plummer was excellent in the role. Um, and I, I, you know, my, I was just, I wasn't sure if, if it was too melodramatic or if it was an accurate depiction or how, you know, so I'm so grateful for you coming on and talking because I really wanted to hear someone's perspective, uh, that's, uh, you know, that has, that has the disorder that's closer to it. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing your experience. I really appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the platform. And if I could say something about the ending real quick, um, Mm-hmm. Do I think it was cheesy? Yes, but it was absolutely insanely empowering. Um, it was because mm-hmm. how we end stigmas by talking about it, by coming on the podcast, by telling our experience, instead of acting like it's a dirty secret, we need to be open and talk yes. about it and educate because education is always the best way to combat any type of stigma. So yes, it, it was a pretty, it, it was kind of a cheesy Hollywood moment, but I found it absolutely empowering. Um, that he had the courage to get up and talk about it because that's a huge moment when you are comfortable enough to talk about it even though you have to know that you might be awkward you might stumble through words you might not be able to concentrate 100 percent. just start talking about it that's the best way to combat stigma yes and i in my review i in the title i said and you know hashtag end the stigma because it's it needs to happen we need to stop uh, acting like it's something to be ashamed of that people or that that's some kind of uh, punishment or some kind of for bad behavior, you know, like that people used to think that it came from using drugs or, you know, these kinds of things. And it's just, it's not, sometimes you just get sick and you have to deal with it <laughs> like Absolutely. anything else. Absolutely. And uh, so that's right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this is going to be really great. Uh, please uh, let us know in the comments section your thoughts, if you've seen the movie, uh, your experiences. Um, if you can relate to what Zach is saying, I would love to hear your experiences uh, in the comments section or on Twitter. You can tweet it out to me. Um, Zach, do you have any social media that you want to share? Um, I'm not on the medium platform at all. <laughs> I don't have a channel or anything. Thanks for the opportunity, though. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. I, I really appreciate it. I think this was really great. And uh, yeah, keep like, keep me posted on how you're doing. And uh, I uh, I'd be very you know curious to see how things uh, how things go for you. And uh, let's keep in touch. This Thank you fun. so much I for having me. Great. And uh, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And make sure you're following the podcast and Hallmarkies Pod and the Hallmarkies Podcast all over social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. Uh, we sure appreciate that as well. We have our patron group, which has so much fun talking about all of these 
fun shows. And so please consider becoming a patron. Uh, and then we also have our merch store. So check that out. And, uh, and we'll have all that information in the description section. So thanks again. And we'll, we'll talk to you all later. Let us know your thoughts. Okay. Bye everyone.